Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. Well, on yesterday's programme, we heard the extraordinary story of the conversion of Cornelius, the Roman centurion living in Caesarea and his entire household. And how this amazed Peter as well, that Gentiles too could become believers. So now in chapter 11 of Acts, we find Peter having to explain his actions and justify what had happened in front of the other apostles. So we read at the beginning of chapter 11, the apostles and other believers in Judea received news that the non-Jewish nations had accepted God's word. So when Peter returned to Jerusalem, he was criticized by the Jewish believers. They challenged him by saying, you visited the house of Gentiles and ate with them. Now, Peter had had the vision uh, at the house in Joppa, which enabled his whole understanding of the purpose of God in relation to the Gentiles to be changed. But of course, these other leaders back in Jerusalem had not had the benefit of such a divine vision. They were quite quick to criticise him, weren't they? Oh, well, (laughs) has anything changed? Um, Unfortunately, sadly, uh, it's the same today, isn't it? You step out of what people consider to be the norm and the knives are out and the people that are going to criticise you are going to be the traditionalists within the church. But these were fellow apostles. I've spent my lifetime... Uh, being criticized because I've dared to believe and I've dared to trust God and I've dared to actually proclaim the whole counsel of God and not just acceptable theology. Sadly, Julia, this is still the reaction of many people who you would say a good, God-fearing, Bible-believing people. But, you know, there are there are people that would come under that category that are known as the exclusive brethren, for example, who are highly critical of other believers who do not behave and believe in precisely the same way as they do. And that's very sad, but I mean, that happens, and of course, that's at one extreme, but there are many, many other groups. Um, you know, we, we have at present a pope who... Uh, near the beginning of his papacy, said that salvation is only possible within the Roman Catholic Church. Well, you see, uh, that upset a whole lot of evangelicals. I don't think we need to be too upset because um, that has really been the official status of the Roman Church all the way through, although some recent popes have been much more consideratory than that. But you see, these... Attitudes still persist within the life of various denominations and church groups. And it's very sad. It's, it's not what God intends. It's not what, it's what he wants because Jesus prayed, Father, may they be one. And his desire is for Christians to love one another as Christ has loved them. And you can try to make excuses and say, well, when people react like these people did in... Um, in in Jerusalem, that they were acting out of concern for the truth. They were misguided, but they were concerned for the truth. You can say that, yes, but I mean, they've known Peter, and they've known Peter all these years, and they've known that Peter was one of the senior apostles 
under Jesus. And so not to trust him and to just accuse him instead is is sad. I suppose it was quite good, though, that he did have to justify his actions. He was answerable to these people. Oh, that is very, very clear. Um, but uh, they didn't have to treat him in an accusing way. Bit rough. Well, it's not right, is it? Because who is the accuser of the brethren? Um you know, it would have been very much better say, to, for them to say, uh, Peter, just explain why you, why you did this, you know. <laughs> Not, you've gone to a Gentile house and eaten with Gentiles. Um, so anyway, Peter explained the whole situation to them exactly as it happened. While praying in the city of Joppa, I fell into a trance and saw a vision. So in other words, right from the beginning, he say, look, don't you blame me. God was behind all of this. <laughs> what appeared like a large sheet was being let down from heaven by its four corners right there in front of me. I saw that it contained a variety of animals and wild beasts, reptiles and birds, and I heard a voice commanding me, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Amazed, I replied, no way, Lord, I have never eaten anything that is forbidden or that is considered ritually unclean. But this heavenly voice spoke again, you are not to call anything unclean that God has made clean. Three times this happened before the sheet was pulled up heavenwards again. At that very moment, three men arrived at the house where I was staying. They had been sent from Caesarea to find me. The Holy Spirit told me not to hesitate in agreeing to go with them. These six brothers here accompanied me. Uh, that's good, you see. He is following the leading of the Holy Spirit. He's making that very clear. And he has other witnesses. Clearly, that is what God wanted, so that it wasn't just Peter's personal testimony. When we entered the man's house, he told us that an angel had appeared to him in his house and said, send to Joppa for Simon Peter. He will tell you how you and all your household will be saved. I had not been speaking long before the Holy Spirit fell on them in the same way that we received him right at the beginning. I recalled what the Lord had told us. John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So if God saw fit to give them the same gift that he gave us, who was I to imagine that I could oppose him? Those present raised no further objections when they heard this, but praised God, saying, So God has also given to the Gentiles the opportunity to repent and receive eternal life. Well, praise God that that was their reaction. That was the decision that they came to. But my goodness, it had taken nine or ten years for them to come to that point and that realization. But now, of course, it means that the gospel can spread and the church can be spread. Why did God not cause this to happen sooner? Because he could have given Peter or any of the others a similar vision um, long before this time. Well, I can only think that what God wanted to do was to establish the church, that it, it needed these years for them to learn to outwork uh, the new life that they had been given and to create the fellowship that God wanted within the church. And we read about this, of course, in Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 4, the kind of lifestyle that developed uh, in the church among the early believers. So 
I, I think probably the reason for God not throwing, if you like, the gospel open to the Gentiles uh, in this way earlier was because the disciples, the apostles, they needed those that period of time to to really understand how the body of Christ was to function. Meanwhile, um, Paul is out of the scene, isn't he? Because he is now in Arabia where for three years Jesus was personally teaching him the gospel. From another perspective altogether, and we'll pick this up later in Acts because, you know, Paul was an intellectual. Peter was a fisherman. And what God wanted of a Paul was someone who could understand the meaning, the significance of the cross, be able to explain the gospel of justification, sanctification. I'm using words now that many might find, struggle to understand. But Paul brought to the church understanding of this and 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 understanding of the salvation and how complete and how thorough it was. So we have nearly a third of the New Testament written by Paul, who was not one of the original apostles, because God didn't need an intellectual to explain the significance of the cross and the resurrection and how we have now been raised and are seated in glory in Christ Jesus. But he would need somebody who would be, if you like, much more like an academic theologian, yet one who also experienced the life of which uh, the scriptures speak. It just demonstrates that God had a strategy right from the beginning, didn't he? Oh, God's not a fool, is he? He's planning. Everything is proceeding according to his plan. That's the thing. And so he had this plan, sent an angel to 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 um, uh, Cornelius in Caesarea, sends an angel to um, Peter in Joppa, brings them together, takes Peter back to Jerusalem and revelation comes upon the entire leadership of the church that the gospel is for the Gentiles. They have the opportunity to repent and receive eternal life just as the Jews had. So yes, everything is, is really proceeding according to God's plan. We can see the hand of God in all of this how he is very carefully uh, preparing the way for what is going to happen in the following years. Through Paul, when he re-emerges on the scene, uh, and through the others in Jerusalem. But uh, just as Peter submitted himself to the, um, to the corporate leadership in Jerusalem. So, of course, Paul was also keen to do that. And when we come to chapter 15, uh, we shall see how Paul wanted to submit uh, the controversy that was happening then among the Jews because, uh, sorry, among the Gentile churches, because this was going to raise a very major and thorny issue. Do the Gentiles have to become Jews in order to accept Christ? I mean, do they have to embrace the Jewish faith in order to accept Christ? Do they have to embrace the Jewish law? That was a big question. And that was actually the first real controversy that the church had to face and overcome. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 